Welcome to the Life of Christ, Series 5. This is Lesson 22. We're going to continue where we left off uh, in Chapter 18 and Page 33. And uh, <clears throat> one of the things that I-, I mentioned before was the fact that this quality of being a peacemaker follows the quality of purity of heart. Amen? And that the reason that we make peace is because of a pure heart, because we don't want people to suffer, we don't want people to be in strife, because one of the things that we understand is that people that are in strife and people that are um, living in that kind of atmosphere are actually being led and, you know, I guess in a sense herded by the devil towards a bad end. Are you all with me? And even though they think they have a right to feel bad about things and right to, it destroys you. You know, medical science itself is understanding that stress is one of the biggest killers in the world today, you know, and it causes your immune system to go down. A lot of things get damaged because of stress. And, you know, that's the reason why, if you think about this, this is the solution to that. Peace is the solution to that stress. If you are walking and living in peace, then there's a, a lot less chance that things will go wrong in your life in that way. Do you understand? Amen? And so, you know, there's a lot of reasons why we do this, and a lot of, and, and again, the reason why Jesus is teaching this to his disciples, and uh, getting them to understand that this is a lifestyle. This isn't something that you, you know, do a little bit here and there. This needs to be, this needs to become you. Remember again that he is a God of peace, we are his children, we need to be children of peace. I keep saying that and going back to that. Okay, <coughs> in essence... That's what Isaiah 52.7 brings out when it says there, How beautiful upon the mountain are the feet of him who brings good news, who proclaims peace, who brings glad tidings of good things, who proclaims salvation, who says to Zion, your God reigns. Now, we used to sing this in the song. <laughs> I remember, our God reigns. Remember that song? I love that. Anyway, I want you to. I want to look at this in a little bit of uh, you know a little bit of detail. Notice it says, "How beautiful upon the mountain are the feet of him who brings good news." You, there is a beauty to bringing peace. People, there is a beauty that people will see in you and about you. As you bring peace to people. See, that's the reason why I said people will be attracted to you in a certain way. Because of that. You know, why they feel safe. Because it is a beautiful thing when there is peace. You know, when you walk into a room and you just sense a peace. That is a beautiful thing. You know, as much as you walk into a room and there's all strife and hatred and everything else, you just want to walk away. Because that is not a beautiful thing. <laughs> okay, I know I'm being very uh, sort of, uh, you know, simplistic about this, but sometimes you just need to see it for what it is and understand that we don't want to be one of those people that changes the nature and the atmosphere of the room to something other than peace. Amen? Amen. And it says here, how beautiful are the, uh, you know, upon the mountain are the feet of him who brings, and her as well, who brings good news, who proclaims peace. The proclamation is peace. Everything that comes out of, the, of their mouth is to bring peace. Amen? And notice who brings glad tidings of good things. Wouldn't it be wonderful if all the preachers base their preaching on this? I'm just saying, okay, all right, that whenever they minister to people, it wasn't to bring them bad news, it was to bring them good news. 
It was to let them know how much God loves them, how much God supports them, how much God wants to do for them. Not how much God is looking to beat them over the head and try to teach them a lesson and see if they learn it. Amen? Okay. Who proclaims salvation. Notice, you know, salvation... Uh, one of the things that we don't understand, every time we see the word salvation, what we think is immediately, oh, we want to be saved from hell. But that word salvation isn't just being saved from hell, it's being saved from all the curses of the law, from all the things that came as a result of the curse. Do you understand? So it, it, it is salvation from poverty, it is salvation from sickness, it is salvation from strife and division and hatred and anger and depression. Do you understand? It is salvation from all of those things. So the news that we are to bring people should deliver them and free them from anything that is going wrong in their life. Not, you know, not just let's get them saved and then forget about them. That is what, you know, is, that's the reason why we have the five-fold ministry. And that's why we can't have, uh, you know, we shouldn't be crossing over into other areas of ministry. And we need to be careful. Because what happens a lot of times is the evangelist is meant to do that job. They're meant to bring salvation to people and bring them into the kingdom. That kind of salvation. But then the rest of the five-fold ministry is to bring salvation in other areas of their life. The salvation never stops. It's the salvation of, okay, you don't need to be in debt anymore now. You don't need to be sick anymore. You don't, you know, you know what I'm trying to say? You can fight against these things and you don't have to put up with these things. Yeah, and you know what? Do whatever it takes. See, that's the reason why I pray for people in so many different ways. You know, if you have the faith to get something, get it. If you have the faith in somebody that has something that will help you with it, go get that. You know, at least you made that, you know, connection. You know what I'm trying to say? One way or the other, get there. You know what I'm trying to say? Amen? And so, that's, again, that's a part of the good news. And that's, you know, that's how we can bring peace to people and bring this to them. So that they're living in peace. Because, you know, that's why the Apostle John said, I wish above all things that you may, what? Prosper and be in health. Can I say those are things that will bring you peace? You know, one of the biggest problems in in society at the moment is people not being able to pay their bills. That brings a lot of tension into a household. See, for those of us that are paying our bills, we don't think about that. But there's a lot of households pulled apart and broken apart because there's so much stress in that household because they can't pay their electricity bill or they can't pay a water bill and those people keep sending you notices screaming at you. You know what I'm saying? This is the third and last note. He's going to cut this off. That doesn't bring peace into a situation. So do you understand now why the Apostle John says that you prosper and be in health? Amen? In fact, the Apostle Paul, quoting Isaiah 52 and verse 7, says in Romans 10 and verse 15, I'm over the page. Oh, I don't know. Maybe you're not. And how shall they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good things. Amen. The good news is that God has already made peace with the world. And all He wants us to do is let people know about it. And that's a real key thing. We need to understand that we're not trying to uh, you know, help people make peace with God. God's already made peace with people. They just don't know it. And you know, it is, I think it's a real key thing that if you understand that God has made peace with you, then what He's looking to do is to bless you. To look after you. Now, <clears throat> a part of the things that he'll ask, he may ask you to do may not be very comfortable. Okay? Because there's some turkey out there that, you know, deserve, you know, 
needs to be saved. You were one of those, you know, well, you were one of them turkeys one day, you know, <laughs> somebody got you saved, all right? And they didn't just say, well, I'm just happy in my peace. I'm not going to go mess with that, okay? They, they left their little peaceful bubble to go out to minister to you. And guess what? You got saved. Hallelujah. And so that's what God asks you. He'll, he'll let you, you know, rest for a while, get to a good place so that you can then be a blessing. That's the reason why you are blessed so that you can actually end up being a blessing to somebody else. You can't be a blessing unless you're blessed. It is a key thing. Amen? Okay. And so one of the things that you need to understand is that you may be called to go out and do stuff that may not be peaceful, but it is so that you can bring peace to someone else. And the only reason that you don't have peace is because you are... This is a sacrifice. Which is coming up next. Okay? The very next beatitude we're going to look at is persecuted for righteousness. Isn't it interesting how it's leading to that? Okay? These things lead one into the other, by the way. So I'm kind of giving you an introduction into what's coming. So you understand where your peace is. And when you get to the next one, you go, hang on a second. If we're meant to be, have peace and live in peace, how come there's persecution in the next verse? Okay? <laughs> so you need to understand, this is persecution for righteousness, for doing the right thing, for stepping out of your comfort zone. For saying, God, thank you for blessing me. Let me see if I can get someone else into this blessing. And why you so need to be spirit-led. Amen? Otherwise you'll be hitting your head against a wall. And that's not good for you, and that's not good for God. Because He's lost you now on one person. That's never going to change, so to speak. You know what I'm trying to say? Okay. He's more productive than that, by the way. He won't waste your time. Do you understand? Okay. <clears throat> so, that's what's brought out in 2 Corinthians 5.19. When he says to it that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and has committed unto us the word of reconciliation. See, that reconciliation is he's trying to reconcile, he's trying to bring back everything to himself. It got lost in sin. It got lost at the fall. Are you all with me? And reconciling is, you know, basically, even if you have to buy something back, which is what Jesus Christ did on the cross, basically bought us all back. He paid the price for all of us. Now, it's up to us to receive that. Isn't it interesting, even though the price has been paid, you can still reject it. And that's why it is the only sin that sends you to hell. Do you understand now why? Because all other sins are forgiven. First John 1 John 1.9 But you know the only sin that is not forgiven that sends you to hell? Is rejection. That beeped. Anyway, okay? It's, it's a problem when you use your phone as a timer. It's, it's rejection of Jesus Christ. If you reject that, then there is no way for you to reconcile yourself with God when you mess up. There is no, if you confess your sin, He's faithful and just to forgive us of our sin and cleanse us of all unrighteous. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? See, and all of that, and then all the other sins that they do, when they reject Christ, then every other sin piles up on that one. Yeah. That's why there are degrees of hell. You know, there's different places in hell, by the way. Okay? Because it's based on that one thing. But again, you know, we come back to this one thing. Can I put it this way? The sovereignty of man's will. 
We've heard about the sovereignty of God, but we've never really understood the sovereignty of man's will. It is the one thing that exceeds and goes beyond God. Think about this, it's a big statement I'm making right now. Because it will send you to hell even though God did everything to save you. Gave up his most precious gift. And you can still say no. I mean, how incredible is that? Amen? Okay. So that's really what we're trying to do is let people know, don't do that. (laughs) Okay? Okay. Peace. This peace began with the birth of Jesus Christ. And why one of the first things that the angel said when Jesus was born was glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. Isn't that amazing? Notice he says glory to God in the highest and on earth peace. Because for a long time there wasn't. And finally, peace has come. The Prince of Peace was about to make his entrance. Isn't this incredible? Peace itself, personified, was coming. Amen? You know, like the golden child. You know what I mean? This is the Prince of Peace. He's coming to this earth. And isn't it interesting what he did? See, this is, when you read the Gospels, you need to see it from that light, from that point. You know, everything that Jesus did, he did as the Prince of Peace. You know, regardless of what difficult situation he was in, he always dealt with it as the Prince of Peace. Even when he was upset with the Sadducees and Pharisees and everything else, he was still trying to bring peace into them. He was trying to reprimand them to get them to a place where they would be shocked out of their stupidity so that they will repent and come to peace, which they never did. Which He, was, he kept saying, you're going to end up in hell otherwise. Do you understand? That's what peace... Peace can go to a place of being very strong when necessary. Peace doesn't mean you just have a smile on your face all the time. You are fighting for someone. You are fighting for something to be right. Amen? Amen. Okay. So he says, and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. Notice it's toward us. This is what was such a huge deal. So again, it says here again that, uh, let me reread this. So then this piece began with the birth of Jesus, and why one of the first things that the angel said when Jesus was born again was glory to God in the highest. This is because God did, to, did all kinds of things to get this in. Amen? So glory to God in the highest. On earth, peace, goodwill toward men. But what's more, uh, even more interesting is that one of the last things that Jesus said just before he ascended was, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Isn't it interesting? It began with peace, it ended with peace. It began with peace, and it ended with peace. Jesus didn't want us to lose our peace, especially his disciples who are going to witness something horrific. Are you all here? Through all of that, it was meant to be his peace that carried them through. Remember, it's still your choice. Amen? That's the reason Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 14 says, For he himself is our peace. Let me stop there for a second. This is, this is key. When, the key to finding your peace is to find Him. 
The key to peace is spending time with Him. I really need to get something here. He Himself is our peace. He is our peace. Any other peace, you know one of them, mm, up there on the mountaintop, okay? That, <laughs> that's just quietness. That really isn't... It, there's a certain kind of peace there, but it's not divine peace. It's not supernatural peace. <clears throat> and the difference is this. <clears throat> that kind of peace doesn't have an outside force looking after you. Get this now. Whereas this kind of peace has God wrapped His arms around you. And whatever is coming at you, you know, a thousand may fall at one side and ten thousand at your right hand, but it won't come near you. That's the kind of peace you're looking for. It is a peace that is backed by power. Do you get what I'm trying to say? So, you know, while you, know, you get one guy that's, you know, found peace, crossing his legs, okay, and a bear attacks him, the next thing is he's peacefully being eaten. No, I'm, I'm just... Okay. <laughs> okay. I just want to make a point here, man. Okay, where is the kind of peace you find? You know, you're praying and whatever happens. And, you know, the next thing, you know, the bear comes rushing to you. And an angel appears and just slaps him. And says, not today. Find, find your food somewhere else. You know, we, we hear stories of people that have gone out. You know, to to countries where people eat people. You know, I'm trying to say, okay. <laughs> and, you know, I and, and remember, I still remember this story about you know this this little group of the missionaries that were in their hut, and they the you know the people the uh, the hostiles. Can I call them that? Okay, coming to them, were literally coming to kill them. And you know what? They found their peace. They started praying, and we find out later on. They all disappeared. Nobody came in. Nobody attacked them. See, I want to show you a different kind of peace now. They were at peace. They were praying. They said, God, we, we surrender ourselves. We you know, commit ourselves into your hands. You look after this. And we are believing, God, that you will look after this. Okay? They're not saying, okay, God, kill us. Okay, go, go ahead, kill us. There wasn't that. It was like, God, we're doing your work. You're responsible for us. Remember? And, and the chief... Of that, that, that whole village or whatever that attacked them, got saved one day and says, we, you know, and the, the guy asked him, what happened? And he said, we came, we were on the verge of attacking you. And all of these, these men, giant, gigantic men with swords were surrounding your village or your hut, whatever. And said, we weren't going to mess with that. Because <laughs> you know? they look really mean. Isn't that interesting? See, that's the kind of peace you want. Amen? Amen. Okay. Now, in the process of time, as peacemakers, anointed by God, with God's wisdom and God's guidance, and can I say that as well, we need God's wisdom and God's guidance in order to be peacemakers. Don't ever go into a situation without His wisdom and His guidance. Alright, wisdom is knowing what to say. Guidance is to understand when to say it. Simplistically. But you know what I'm trying to say? Okay. There is a timing to things. As much as knowing what to say, you need to also time it right. Sometimes we're in a big hurry to say what we know. Back off. Just wait, wait. The time may not be right. Amen? Alright, and in God's time, with His wisdom, it's amazing what you can accomplish. Amen? And that's what will allow you to be a peacemaker. Alright, so once again, in the process of time as peacemakers, anointed by God... Okay, that's one more thing. 
You need to do this in the anointing. Please don't do this in the flesh. You all know what the anointing is? Okay, that anointing is the Holy Spirit on your life. It is what puts a presence of God around you. It is an atmosphere that you take in. So, so this thing is needs. To, this gun needs to be fully loaded. Okay, so when you walk in, you need to have that presence around you. That's not all weird and anything. Just you know, be who you are. I believe all of you have that around you right now. Okay, just take that with you. Don't go in. Don't kind of clench and go in. Go in relaxed. You you have the God of peace in you, surrounding you, looking after you. Plus a whole bunch of angels that are really mean. Okay, <laughs> that will take care of anything that's a problem to you. You go in with that knowledge, with that understanding, with that confidence, okay? And then you'll be free to hear God, His wisdom, and then deliver that wisdom in His timing. So you see the whole package now. You take the presence with you, you take the wisdom with you, and you're guided through the whole process. You become a peacemaker, all right? So again, in the process of time, as peacemakers anointed by God, with God's wisdom and God's guidance, we should be able to bring peace to situations that would normally be considered impossible. You see now why. That's one of the reasons, and you know, this is not for everyone, okay? There are some people that are just built to do stuff like this. But you know what? Wherever you are, you know, even if it's something little, don't underestimate the importance of bringing peace between two family members, even two kids, there may be siblings, and they're fighting. It's, that's where the practicality comes in. Knowing how to do what. You know, I said, I'll give you a little example really quickly. I, I hesitate to give these things, but <coughs> maybe this might help a little bit. You know, sometimes my kids, you know, when they were a bit younger, they would sort of get on each other's nerves. You know what I'm trying to say? You know how siblings are? They'll start going at each other. And one will be blaming that person for this, and then the other one will say, yeah, that's because this happened and you did this. And You know what I'm going to talk about, okay? And, you know, so I'll be sitting there thinking, God, what do I do? And he'll tell me what to do. And you know one of the ways I used to diffuse it? This is his wisdom, this is not mine. He'd, I'd say, what do I do? He says, say this. And I go, really? Okay. And so I'll say, what, whoever was blaming the other one for doing something, I said, you know what? I did it. I'm the one that went, and, and because it's so ridiculous, they start laughing. And then they forget why they were fighting. Do you understand? It's funny how you can diffuse a situation just with God just saying one or two choice things and you're there. And says, Dad, and, <laughs> okay? and we're there. See, suddenly I've broken that line of sight. They're no longer at each other. Amen? See how we can just redirect attention? That's all you need. Once they, once they detach, they're detached. It's the devil that does stuff like that. That you know, And we need to know how to break that. Amen. Amen. Okay, so that's just a little thing. Um, that's why I said don't underestimate things. Uh, where are we? Okay, so that's one of the reasons why people ref- refer to us as the children of God. There's no doubt that this is one of the most challenging aspects of Christianity. Can I get an amen? Okay, I didn't say the, but one of the. Okay, all right. <coughs> Excuse me. And why William Hendrickson says in his commentary, those who by word and example are promoters of this peace. Did you see that? By word and example. By what you say and how you live. 
Okay, by word and example are promoters of this peace. So everything that you say, everything that you do promotes this peace in your life and in the lives of others around you. All right, and are called blessed. Notice it started with blessed are the peacemakers. There is a blessing on you when you make peace. No matter how little it is, there's still a blessing. Okay? And, and he goes on to say that their, their title is sons of God, a designation of high honor and dignity. And why I've said here again, why Jesus says in Matthew 5 9, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Isn't that incredible that as peacemakers you are called children of God? It is a, it's something that people recognize as godly. Amen? There may be a lot of things that they don't see as godly, but that everyone recognizes as godly. Hallelujah. Alright, I have two minutes left. Should we go on and introduce, or should we close it off? Don't care? Um, <coughs> Alright, let me just introduce this next thing. That brings us to the final beatitude, which has two parts to it. The first part is only found in Matthew's Gospel, where Jesus says in Matthew 5 and verse 10, Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Now, like I said, this is where we move from having peace in our life to bringing peace into other people's lives. Why we need to step out. But can I say this? Understand that all of this, okay, the persecution that you go through and everything else, all needs to take place with peace guarding your heart. If you get into strife, if you start getting angry and mad because you're being persecuted for righteousness sake, you lose your peace, you're in trouble. Are you all with me? That's the reason why Jesus said, first thing, peace. Then you go fight for righteousness. Because you need to do that in peace. Otherwise your, you know, your motives won't be pure anymore. You, you, the, the reason why you do things, you might be doing the right thing for the wrong reason. And can I add with the wrong attitude? Hello. Okay, And so that's one of the reasons why we need to progress from that to this. And not ever go and do one thing you know, at, at, at the expense of something else. If you, if, you know, here's, here's, here's a bit of wisdom I'll leave you with. If you can't do this, if you can't go and, and you know, um, if the job that is ahead of you, okay, if you are called to something righteous, something good, you're meant to do something, to help out, whatever, okay? If you find that it's going to take away your peace, that you're not strong enough, then go and get strong before you step into that. Can I say that? This isn't about, you know, ego or pride. This is about what can you do. Okay? You need to know your limitations, where you are right now. Don't bite off more than you can chew. Are you all here? But once you know you can, then please don't back off. When you know you're ready to step into something, step into it. But... Don't if you're not. And don't take forever getting there. Okay, all right. Amen. Let's have every head bowed, every head closed. Hallelujah. Well, Father, we thank you today for your word and all the, all the insight that we have received. And I just thank you, Father, for the ground that is here. I just thank you that they are all good ground. 
I thank you, Father, that the word has found its place in their heart, taken root in their heart. And I thank you, Father, that they will live peace. They will become people of peace if they're not already there. And if they are there, Father, I thank you, they'll become even greater in that peace in their life. That it will become a more powerful force than it has ever been before. Because the more of of your word that we receive, the stronger we become in those things. And we go from glory to glory. From a really good place to even a better place. (laughs) Hallelujah. And from strength to strength. And I also pray, Father, over each and every one of them as they go out tonight, Father, for your divine protection upon them as well. And I thank you, Father, for your divine blessing on each of their lives that they have taken time to come out here and hear your word. And there is always a reward for that. And so I call them blessed. I call them prospered. And I thank you for your hand on every aspect of their life. In Jesus' name. Everybody said, Amen. Amen.